Okay, try number two. All right. This is an article from CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com that I wrote a couple days ago. Wednesday, October the 13th, 2021. The origins of this uh, hearken to an idea that was planted in my head by Thinking Ape where he said, he said multiple times, doesn't believe that men and women really like each other that much. And I had to sit and think about that a little bit. I said, okay, let's assume that premise is true. Men and women just really don't like each other that much. <clears throat> but the more and more I thought about it, the more I looked back at past behavior, you know, certainly within my life, and um, you know, being brought up as a young person, certainly watching television or whatever, but more so watching grandparents. I was like, thought thought grandma liked grandpa. At least on TV, you know, like, yeah, the girls always seem to like John. Well, little lady, do 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 whatever, John, I'm there for you. And I had to kind of say, once you remove emotion from it and the human nature and human element from it, you're kind of like, this behavior is not of someone that has your back and is covering your six that is supporting. So uh, I fleshed out, did a little bit of research and uh, kind of, Painted a picture. Don't know if I believe it or not. It uh, poses an interesting situation. But if true, I then uh, extrapolated what the economic consequences of this would be to bring it back to economic. So I'll read this. I'll be uploading the MP3 version up over on uh, on SoundCloud. But uh, And then Joker has already read this, but he was doing an editorial. So this is just going to be a straight read through. And this time, not interrupted by phone calls. What if women just don't like men? The economic consequences of women's divestment from men. Economics greater than women. A regret I have about my blog slash podcast slash internet career is that I had to abandon economics long ago and in true economist form speak about what my audience wanted me to, women. To this day, I still have an intellectual interest in economics. I'm fascinated by inflation and how the past four presidents' printing presses have priced millennials out of housing. I love how all financial methods of valuing stocks are now obsolete, rendering most of the financial services equally so. And I'm actually looking forward to sharpening my economic chops, shopping the globe for a new home country replete with low taxes, low debt, no root beer float requirements, and low obesity rates. I would love to write about these things, but the largest, most in-demand market right now is WAMEN. Am I right? <clears throat> because the half the population so desperately wants the other. However, in all fairness, I, ha I have never really abandoned economics. Because while we could talk about international trade with China, the global price for oil, or whatever cryptocurrency is doing, by far the single largest market in the world is men's desire in pursuit of women. And if you really wanted to put the numbers to it, the vast majority of GT GDP is created as a consequence of men's pursuit of women. And if you could optimize that relationship slash pursuit, you will do more to increase humanity's standards of living than the industrial and information technology revolutions combined. This provides me a little bit of forgiveness because in all reality, we are at the ground floor of economics. We are at the atomic level of where all of economics begins. Without the original trade between men and women, no economy would ever exist. And this two decades long meta study I've been a part of called the Red Pill is more important, germane, and relevant <clears throat> to the profession of economics than literally anything any other economist is doing right now in the world. And I literally mean that the work I've done will have more ramifications for the world of economics than any other economist alive today. Not because I'm a genius, but simply because they're all fishing in the wrong hole. And so it was with a heavy heart. I share my latest sexual economic observation or epiphany, not because I'm a doomer or a black pillar, but because it's simple economic reality. And if I'm right, the real world ramifications of this observation observation are very dire indeed. 
a very dark, very dark thought experiment. The current assumption or prevailing thought within the red pill community is that deep down inside women want men, but due to feminist slash leftist indoctrination they receive from five until death, women are somehow tricked into spending their fertile years eschewing men and instead pursue soulless careers in education. Furthermore, capitalism advances in technology and democracy have afforded women careers as well as a welfare state, eliminating their dependence upon men. This means all relationships between men and women are now voluntary instead of compelled, technically freeing women from men. But without men, these poor women forgo true love and meaning in life, throwing their fertility and beauty away on careers and leftist political causes, dying angry old spinsters with cats and $250,000 in student loan debts for their masters in social work in the end. We try to stop them, warn them, and convince them to return to traditionalism, but our care and concern are met with accusations of patriarchy and sexism instead. And thus we all conclude, Woman, am I right? <clears throat> but come on a journey with me, if you will, and assume what feminists say is true, that women are not, in fact, being naively duped by the promises of careerism, corporatism, and welfare state. The women are not, in fact, after a night of nightclubbing, crying into their box of wine at night, pining for a man. But instead, women not only don't need men, but really don't want them either. It takes a bit of removing human emotion from yourself, but look at some statistics and facts as if you were an alien from outer space looking down at society. First, there's perhaps the most modern metric of women's interest in men, online dating analytics. Joker at Better Bachelor did a breakdown of the numbers, but the short version is that women only swipe right on one in every hundred men. And out of that 1%, only one in 100 do they ever go on a date or have relationships with. I don't know about you, but if I was an actuarial alien looking down on Earth, I would view a 1 in 10,000 event as pretty convincing proof women don't really like men. <clears throat> Second, if Tinder is too modern an example, perhaps a genetic history of the human race may convince you. Based on a DNA study conducted at the University of Arizona, only 5.9% of males reproduced while nearly every female did. Admittedly, many, many men died in earlier times, many men were enslaved, and powerful men had concubines and harems. But even accounting for that, more modern times, a thousand years ago, show only one in five men got to pass on their genes. Again, most women seem to not like most men. Third, <clears throat> online dating and DNA data are marred with their own inherent problems. But simply polling young women about their life priorities is a much more direct and accurate way of gauging their interest in men. And while there are many studies and polls, this general one from CNBC show men are fourth on the list behind career, education, and financial stability, a.k.a. paying off for student loans. Even kids don't come into play until seventh place, and this was for women between 30 and 45. If men are fourth on the list when women are squarely midlife slash half dead, and your youth and beauty is the only thing the counterparty is really interested in, it speaks volumes how little genuine interest women have in men. Fourth, disparate sex drives and prostitution. Common canard you'll hear from posers in the red pill community is that women like sex just as much as men. Translation, I have so much sex because I'm so alpha, brah. <clears throat> that is such a blatant lie, I have to laugh every time I hear it. Because if women like sex just as much as men, we would overpopulate and destroy humankind in about a generation. Additionally, the fact prostitution only goes one way for 99.9% .9 of all transactions is proof women do not like sex or men anywhere near as men like sex and women. And while methodologies are a little fuzzy on how to precisely measure a man's versus women's sex drive, a rough average of 9 to 1 is good enough for ballpark standards. That 9 to 1 can be flipped to a, nine, a 1 to 9 proximate of women's fractional interest in men. <clears throat> Fifth, let's say you're alpha bra. Let's say you convince a girl to marry you. Presumably that is an admission on the woman's part that she is interested in at least one man. 
Furthermore, she also presumably wishes to procreate with you. But whatever the act of marrying a man states about women's original interest in men, that interest is quickly eliminated once they get divorced. And with 50% of marriages ending in divorce, 75% of the time initiated by women, even marrying a man isn't a gauge of interest. You throw in the fact that only 14% of marriages are happy, 86% of women don't even really like the man they married. You're going to have a hard time convincing actuarial aliens from outer space that women have any interest in men when 86% of the time they choose a man till death do them part, they still end up regretting it. <clears throat> and six, I'm always one for taking inventory of your own personal experiences. If there's anything this world has taught me is that society likes to lie to the individual to take advantage of them. Be that telling every young person to go to college, that you're not popular in school because you don't wear this type of shirt, or an entire generation of economists saying there is no bubble when there is one, modern day society will go out of its way to keep up a Potemkin village of lies instead of admit the truth. And so I ask every man to, him, to ask himself one simple question. Have the majority of women you've had an interest in treated you with kindness or interest in your past or indifference, aloofness, even malice or spite? I'm going to bet the vast majority of experiences for the vast majority of men have been one proving women's general disinterest in them. You couch all the above in the historical fact that women have for eons depended on men for their survival. I could totally understand and see where women have no interest in men. I can even go so far as to see feminism's view that women were oppressed and in, were op oppressed and needed to be freed of men. Though I do not agree, I could just see their point. And I could see where disparate sex drives flood women with an annoying amount of unwanted attention, further repulsing them from men. And now that they're free, either through a career or the welfare state or both, I have to conclude that a significant percent of the behavior you are, are witnessing is a significant in this. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I have to conclude that a significant percent of the behavior you are witnessing and a significant percent of women is authentic. Sadly, a significant percentage of women just don't like men. A significant percent of women don't really want anything to do with men. And unless you're an absolute nine or 10, and I would argue Gaussian, not linear, women really do not have an interest in your average guy or everyday Joe. Men going gold. But as with everything in physics and nature, there has to be balance. And the relationship between the sexes is no different. Because whereas women have an interest in men, only 11% that of men do women. Unfortunately, men have evolved over time to compete and produce to get this dwindling percentage of marginally interested women. And this has resulted in the inconvenient truth that men account for the majority of economic production, <clears throat> an even larger percent of real economic production, carpentry, electricianship, engineering, etc., and nearly all technological innovations. And here we turn return to regular old boring economics, because if you haven't been paying attention to the news, women's effective and stated disinterest in men has resulted in about two generations of the men increasingly going galt. Because if they're not going to get married, fall in love or have children, what precisely do they have to get out of bed in the morning for? Labor force participation for young men has been going down when, in theory, it should be stable as all young men presumably would want to get out there, start a career and enjoy a life at minimum. <clears throat> Consequently, with fewer men working, an increasing percentage of them live at home and easily triple that live off of a subsidy from their parents. This is one of the main complaints my female clients, as well as I'm sure nearly all young women have about men today, because how do you date, let alone marry somebody who lives with his mother? Naturally, not working, going to school or getting some kind of training has resulted in the crisis of economically unattractive men, causing a shortage of marriageable men. However, I cannot help but point out how women did this to themselves. The welfare state swings both ways. And when you put life on easy mode with welfare checks, student loan bailouts, stimmy checks, and free health care, don't complain when you have now two generations of soy boy pussies who may vote Democrat but need to borrow money from you to pay for rent. You enabled it. <clears throat> 
Worse, soy boys who vote Democrat and don't support themselves also do not produce economic growth. I'm sure Tanner strums his acoustic guitar real well with his music therapy degree part-time playing at the old folks' home on a taxpayer grant. But he is less than one-half productive his grandfather, World War II generational car counterpart, who is producing cars or something society could actually use at a factory. Consequently, in taking away any romantic incentive men would have traditionally had to work, family, love, wife, children, etc., you destroyed the work ethic. But it also didn't help that you paid them not to work out out of blind, naive, socialist, political stupidity. Thus, it should be no shock we all suffer with economic growth rates less than half of what we did back in the 40s and the 60s. <clears throat> and then there is the ultimate statement a man can make about his commitment and investment in society, marriage. I truly do believe that a certain and significant percentage of women do not like men or simply have no interest. I also believe that a certain and significant percentage of women do like men and want to get married. But I also would wager most women, regardless of their interest in men on paper, want to get married. But unlike the sex market, men control the market to commitment. And here, like the economy, you see men also going galt. You can, by the way, watch, the, go to the article and see the charts that are embedded within. <clears throat> Be it seeing their old man get divorced, the friends get divorced, their buddy's $3,000 per month payment and child support or alimony, higher taxes, or the simple yet decades-long consistent message that women didn't need them, men are exiting from the marriage market and thus society and thus the economy. Agreed, women may not have any interest in men, but men increasingly have no interest in marrying women. And regretful as this may be, society will not exist without men's participation in it. A real kick in the economic groin. The macroeconomic picture painted above wasn't bad. If, if the macroeconomic picture painted above wasn't bad enough, it gets worse because whether we like to admit it or not, the truth is that men produce the majority of real stuff in the economy. If you don't believe me, try this little exercise. List the next five things you're likely going to buy. Gas, toilet paper, a massage, whatever. And also consider everything that goes into the production, manufacture, transportation, and delivery of those products. So even if it's a massage, that massage parlor requires computers, electricity, insurance, construction, furniture, etc. Now go to this site and move the cursor along the data points to find the professions and workers that will go into making those products. And what you'll realize is that the vast majority of workers are going to produce those products. Uh, the vast majority of workers who are going to produce those products are men. You don't even have to consider what products you're going to buy. Just scroll along the right side of the curve and any intellectually honest person will realize that it's men who produce the lion's share of anything that really matters in this economy. And on the left side, though admittedly there are some legitimate professions, professions <clears throat> nurse practitioners, sonographers, etc., the majority of the jobs listed there are either nowhere near as vital to the economy or, complete, or are complete make-work welfare job programs, social work, nonprofit, etc., that disproportionately employ women. So not only will the nominal economy contract linearly as men retreat from the labor force, it will disproportionately affect the things we demand and need most, exponentially lowering our standards of living. The real kick in the economic groin part two. But it even gets worse than that. Because just like women disproportionately voted to put life on easy mode for men, thus resulting in soft, unemployable soy boys, we also lied to now three generations of men, as well as women, about the value and veracity of their degrees. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a labor shortage of skills that matter. Ask any suburbanite soccer mom about how easy it is to find a landscaper, and she will frustratingly explain to you they're booked out until next year. Ask any clean fingernailed MBA mid-level manager about getting car repairs done, and he's frustrated his mechanic won't be able to get to his car until next month. Employers are desperate for engineers, accountants, and anybody with a modicum of talent or skill. And even getting these people to show up on time seems to be a chore. 
But what precisely did you think was going to happen when you propagandized generations of young men and women with the relatively female idealistic poppycock of follow your heart and the money will follow? Let alone that you decide you are going to let alone that you decide what you're going to do for a living, and then the rest of the world will forcibly abide. The country is in desperate need of linemen, welders, CPAs, even simple landscapers, and you've raised a labor pool of self-righteous liberal arts majors who can't even lift a roll of sod. Worse, it's not like you could just flip a switch and poof, all these worthless social science majors suddenly know how to weld or program a computer. It will take at minimum 10 years of hard, dedicated retooling of people's skills as well as the entire education system. In the meantime, things like your heater, car, and computer are just going to have to wait and are going to cost a lot more. Thank God we have millions of liberal arts majors who can lecture you about racism and the patriarchy in the meantime. The real kick in the economic groin, part three. And if you can imagine it, it even gets worse than that. Because I don't know if you've ever visited the bachelor pad of a single unemployed man in his 20s, but they can get by on very, very little, which, consequ which consequently means they're going to work and produce very, very little. <clears throat> While Stefan Molyneux opines that men can get by on one-tenth the income a family of four does, and I believe him because I've lived it, a better proxy or measure might be the income differences between married and single men. It depends on how old you are and where you are along your career, but generally speaking, single men work, which means produce, 39% less than their married counterparts. You may make the argument, well, that's because they have a wife and kids, and I would argue back, yes, because they have a wife and kids. <clears throat> because the data above, as well as any unemployed 20-something bachelor's apartment will tell you, is that without women or family, men have no incentive to work anywhere near as hard because they frankly have no reason to live outside of themselves. And this would all be fine and well if men and women equally produced things that mattered in the economy as the proportional drop in population would require proportionally less of real economic goods and services. But since men are by far the main producers of valuable items in the economy, men's non-participation in society is going to impoverish everyone. <clears throat> yes, we can get by importing labor from overseas to do the work American men won't. Yes, we can import real goods made by, again, largely men overseas from China, etc., and can keep prices low for now with the world's reserve currency. But without these international trade tricks, or the incredible luck of having the world's reserve currency, Americans could easily, very easily be facing a nominal drop of 39% in GDP, more if you factor in the fact that drop would be important things like food, energy, housing, and medicine, and not laughably worthless things like college lectures, HR, diversity and inclusion consultants, Oprah books, and tarot card readings. <clears throat> the final solution. Whether women's lack of interest in men today is authentic or a byproduct of propaganda, or likely a bit of both, it doesn't matter. It is what it is. Because men cannot act upon what we guess to be in the heart of women. Men can only act upon whatever empirical actions women put forth in society. And with women's general disengagement from men, sometimes even somewhat hostile, men are increasingly forced to live their lives under the expectation the majority of them will not marry, let alone happily so, let alone with kids. This will continue the trend of men going galt and lowering the standards of living. However, while the majority of men will disengage or only put forth marginal effort in life, the men who do put forth effort to attain excellence, excellence present an interesting situation and ultimately <clears throat> solution to society's production and even repopulation problem. Because for all the feminist propaganda that women don't need or want men, most women, I would surmise, do want children. But nearly none of them will be willing to settle for anything less than near perfect. And with the historic human track, human race track record of only 6% of men passing their genetics onto the next generation, we may see a reversion back to this norm. And whereas today the norm is monogamy, yeah, sort of, 
We can already see pressures, trends, and even technology moving to polygamy, where an elite 6% group of men impregnate nearly all the women. The trend in news media, the trend in the news media pushing for open relationships is, is indicative of a polyamorous society. Women's insistence for the only top 20% of men on online dating is also indicative of a harem-like society. Women's reluctant willingness to share an alpha instead of having a beta all their own reinforces this. And women celebrating articles that herald advances in in vitro fertilization or egg freezing technology show men may not even be necessary. And so all we'll see is a continuation of what's been happening the past 40 years anyway. <clears throat> a migration from a nuclear family to a state finance slash subsidized female-headed family where an increasing percent of men drop out of the workforce as they are essentially relegated to a slave class to produce, to produce things for people they have no familial, romantic, sexual, or love interest in. Economic growth will continue to slow, if not contract. Debts and money supplies will be inflated as a psychological magic trick to fool people into thinking the economy is stable. Trade deficits will drastically increase as foreign countries will essentially enslave their own workers to produce the things Americans won't produce themselves. And our entire GDP will consist of elementary school teachers, HR directors, nonprofits, body positivity bloggers, and marketing consultants. I would normally say enjoy the decline, but it's going to be such interesting times, I have to say, enjoy the show. Trust me, you will not see anything more spectacular in your life. I just hope you know how to prepare for it. <clears throat> That's the end. And then down below, if you're a young man or old, you're trying to figure out what role or capacity women should play in your life, consider purchasing and reading the book below, The Book of Numbers, Analyzing our and Pursuit of Women. I provided links to that Department of Labor um, chart as well and a link to this article here as well. All right. And <clears throat> let us go to the chat room if there are any super chats. Boo boo doo boo. What's going on, man? Two bucks. You missed two two of my chats on the relationships episode. All right. Uh, relationships episode. Email them to me or send. I'll, I'll go look for them. Frank Rizzo, five bucks. First time contributing. Thank you for supporting this, dude. No problem. Thanks, Frank. Welcome to the club. The Goddamn Bacon, who you can find at The Goddamn Bacon on YouTube, 223. You should guest star on Safety Doc. He's returned. I would love to. There's only so much time. Asama Abdu. Uh, for two bucks, AC, what is the protocol for sponsored video? Uh, you just, if you want me to do a regular video like my own, it's like 35 bucks because it's, I get to talk about what I want. But if you have something you want to talk about, send me the request. It depends on the length and, and basically how much time it's going to take me to do it. Obviously, the longer, more in depth, the more expensive it would be. Talk to Arcady. He's, you you want to see a guy who pays an arm and a leg who, who has to ask the most complicated convolution questions ever. I'm like, oh gosh, that'll be 300 bucks. And what's worse, he'll pay it. So, you know, if it's a simple one, it ain't going to be that expensive. If it's a little bit more involved, then it takes a little bit more. <clears throat> but you just email me over at assholeconsulting.com. Ben Frake, OG, five bucks. The treatment almost the treatment almost all my married, divorced, parented male coworkers get from their wives' exes is so atrocious. I'd rather kill myself than be with them. Unfortunately, that's what a lot of times it happens. Pop has saved, like what? He's up to almost 400 people's lives he's saved. <laughs> I saved $200. I don't care. I saved $200, Jack. The Jew in me, the courted Jew in me, saved 200 bucks. <laughs> Uh, Robert Flores, regular guy, 20 generous dollars, YouTube trend, Eastern Europe. Women are using games, film channel to hunt men of modest wealth. Why would they go after modest wealth? They are seven or eight. So they 
can't get mega millionaires, but they look 21 and can still find a comfortable life abroad. Well, that's a good skill to have, especially in the West. Most people fake having wealth. I, I simp somewhat sympathize with the gals on this because <clears throat> for obvious reasons, you want a guy who could support himself and a family. That's not gold digging. All right. That's just common sense. You want you don't want to find a loser. Um, but in the United States, there's so much fake information, it's fake signaling guys are sending out there like rented cars and lease this and clothes and on. girls have a hard time. So I'd be real curious what the strategies are. I bet it'd be more practical and accurate. Uh, Central Europe, like, okay, look for these things. You know, like, does he rent a place or does he have his own home? I don't care what his car looks like. Does he own his own place? Wealth, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Wealth signaling. All right. There you go. See you guys later. Toodles.